You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Dare to take a step into the dark, backward, and abysm of time? Know that Wizards of the Coast cannot be held responsible for those who enter the Feywild on their own accord. In the Fairy Realm, time gets twisted in knots. It might be months or years before you return to the real world. Enjoy adventure while it lasts. And don't be surprised if you encounter a few friends or foes from old editions lurking among the Fey. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, and this is Justin. And today I bring you a wickedly whimsical adventure for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition called... The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. This is a adventure module put out for 5th edition. First impressions are A, an adventure model. B, it's got Fae and is incredibly tied to the Fae Wild, which we haven't really seen much of uh, yet. So that is both exciting. I do love a lot of Fae and Fae lore in general. Already the theme already had my attention. And the book is your standard fare of what you would typically expect. But we're going to call it some differences and updates and tweaks and kind of go with the pros and cons of each of them i think as we go through so first off this is a 49.95 suggested retail price uh retailers do have access to a unique alternative cover which has kind of a displacer beast on it but the main cover looks amazing as well as it has the creepy dark uh carnival on it uh, so either one is a wonderful choice in my opinion. Now the adventure itself has this interesting setup. There's really two ways you can kind of run why your adventurers want to be here. And that's something that is a little different than we've seen before. There are two major plot hooks and they really tie to uh, one really ties to the phase. Your adventurers have been tied to the carnival in some capacity in their past and now are returning to it. For players, you do have new backgrounds called the Fae Loss and the Witch Light Hand. You also get a fairy and a Heremogen uh, race, though, races to play. All of those little nitpits. Uh, one thing I did notice a little bit more in this book is there's a little bit more lead-in on the preparing for adventure. This is your first time DMing what things you should be aware of. How to use a story tracker that they introduced into this. So, there's a lot more of first-time advice and a lot more tips and tricks along the way. And even that was continued into each chapter as it does have a little brief how to run this chapter. Here's what you should probably know while starting it and to keep in mind uh, while preparing for it. All of those are actually really, really nice touches as you kind of go throughout this adventure. One thing that they do call out in this adventure and it's interesting is you could really get through most of or all of this adventure without combat if your players are clever and use the right persuasion and tricks up their sleeves to avoid combat, which is something we really haven't seen before. Um, there's ways to mitigate some combats, there's certain ways to avoid different encounters, but this is the first adventure I've really seen that has come through as a, hey, you know, you can be working against the Feywild, you can be working with the Feywild to accomplish your goals and either way is a acceptable answer now it does have a lot of callbacks it does have a lot of little tips and nods um one particular uh npc uh is named thacko for your second edition fans so there's a lot of little easter eggs and things that you can find in this adventure if you're an old school player if you're a relatively newer player or younger player 
You may not realize what some of these are, but it doesn't detract from the story either, which I think is a very important note to call out. Now, another thing that The Wild Beyond the Witchlight does well is it also keeps in mind a healthy balance of the Fae in D&D using both the Dungeons & Dragons setting, but also not writing off the Fae as this whimsical thing. The Fae are mysterious, dangerous, and something to be worried about. Um, if you think about the old classic fairy tales, you don't go into the woods, you don't leave a path, you don't do certain things because of the fae and, and the consequences thereof. Doesn't go so dark into the fact of you do any of those things and you're going to be punished severely for them, but it also doesn't go into the puppy dogs, rainbows, and unicorns, though there is a lot of unicorns in this, side of the fae that some people would expect to. Really, what I would say is this hits more of a dark crystal, labyrinth sort of vibe where things are kind of grim, but not so grim that uh, it's depressing. Now, one nice thing I will say about the adventure is it is relatively free form compared to most adventure modules. Essentially, without going too spoiler heavy, there's your opening area, that is kind of a free roam, do a bunch of different options as you will, which is the carnival itself, which does have ties to uh, Dread Realm and has some nice story elements to that, so you can always weave that into your campaign and or come from that Dread Realm into this campaign. The second thing is your middle three-ish sections can be explored kind of independently of each other. Likewise, they link into each other very nicely. Also, Within each of them, they're pretty loose of, here's a couple landmarks, here's some random encounters that may encounter in those areas. And then all of it kind of builds into a final adventure zone, which is where the final, I guess, if you want to call it the Big Bad e is living, but essentially where the story will hit its uh, final conclusions. All in all, Wild Beyond the Witchlight does seem to hit a new strive for the 5th edition event pre published adventures. I don't know if this would be one of my favorite ones, but it's definitely going to be in my top 2 or 3 of the published adventures. They've learned a lot over the years of how to write for them. They've expanded upon new ideas of how to write for them. So overall, I think it is a wonderful trip and a great idea to incorporate into a campaign, or at least a shorter campaign, because I believe the duration isn't quite as long as some of the others. Which leads me to who is this for and who is this against. So, if you're a player, this is not really much of a book for you. There's a couple new backgrounds, a couple new races, and the rest is story. So, if you are someone like a D&D Beyond user, just grab the pieces that you're going to use as the unlocked races and maybe the backgrounds, and I would ignore pretty much the rest of the book. Likewise, if you were someone looking for more information on the Feywild and what to do and how it works, this is not really a book for you in that sense. It has a nice uh, structure of how to run an a particular adventure in a particular area of the Feywild, but it's more of a micro domain than the full Feywild itself. So if you're looking for more Feywild information, this will get you some light touches, but not really anything so deep. In fact, one of the art pages even talks about using a D&D or DM's Guild book as a reference point for more information on the Feywild, which I thought was a weird touch. People who would like this book would be things if you love your fairy tales and you think the Disney versions are watered down and childish, if you are someone who came from Changeling the Dreaming from White Wolf Studios and are now playing Dungeons and Dragons and are trying to get that Changeling feel into a D&D game, this is an adventure for you. 
quite honestly, I uh, have a lot of interest in this and I have already thought of several players in my local area that would be the right target audience for this. That being said, if your tables are more of a kick in the door, take names and not really explore and investigate the story as much, this may be a little lackluster in that aspect. There's some neat monsters, there's some neat encounters that you can do, but because of those circumventing options, they're not necessarily set up as in you have to fight your way through this. Likewise, as a slightly shorter feeling adventure than some of the other modules, the $50 price tag is a little high, especially when we're not including things like in Feywild information and only limited player information in here. So this is definitely aimed for uh, DMs, but it's not necessarily aimed for all DMs. All in all, I did enjoy the book. I am glad to have read through and reviewed it, and I will definitely be looking forward to playing and running in a Witchlight game at some point. There's definitely a lot of flexibility throughout the campaign that I can run it my way, I can play in someone else's game, and really come away with two different experiences. That is my review of Dungeons & Dragons, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, the new adventure for the Feywild. If you like our reviews, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us at our social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. As always, thank you for listening, and happy gaming. Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.